And hello once again. It is time for Cinema's Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things horror-related, slasher-related, insane sci-fi fantasy gore features, things you've never heard of, things that you have heard of and have no interest in, but you're going to hear about them anyway on my show. And after doing a three-parter of uh, Dario Argento, uh, which I hope that you enjoyed to uh, to a certain extent at least. I hope that you at least try one of his movies because they're great. Uh, I'm going to now shift gears a little bit and uh, I have several different uh, types of movies that I'm going to be talking about here in the near future. I'm going to be saving the my favorite holiday horror movies for closer to Christmas, but I am actually going to include a holiday-themed movie in today's episode. And today is going to be another... Every now and then I'm going to do a segment on Forgotten 80s Slashers, and today is going to be another Forgotten 80s Slasher uh, episode because I love me some early 80s Slasher movies like no one's business. And so I've already done some episodes that that uh, focus on these early 80s Slasher movies that I love so much, and today is going to be another episode of movies like that. I do remember here recently talking about uh, Graduation Day and Pieces uh, and Slaughter High, amongst others. There was so many movies that came out, uh, so many slasher movies that came out uh, due to the success of Halloween and then Friday the 13th, uh, those being the main two from the States here, that there were so many released that there's still movies being trickled out onto DVD and Blu-ray to this day. That and there's there's even some that have yet to see the light of day past VHS. Uh, one of them I'm going to be actually talking about today that that had only been available on VHS until recently. Scream Factory got a hold of it and did a stellar job on this movie. I'm going to be talking about that in a little bit. Um, actually, three of the four movies here are on the Scream Factory label, and the other one is on Scorpion. And these two companies are some of my favorites here in the States that are releasing little scene and obscure horror movies. I commend them for doing it. I'm not sure how much money there is in this type of thing. Uh, Scream Factory seems to be the biggest kid on the block, though. They are releasing quite a bit of stuff, so I'm guessing they're doing okay. But there are a lot of smaller companies. Vinegar Syndrome's doing it. Uh, Even Scorpion. Code Red. Some of these companies are literally like one-man shops that are releasing these movies, and so I really um, appreciate the fact that in a in a day where physical media is going away, that we still have people that are passionate about getting these movies, these little scene movies from a long, long time ago. Not just the early '80s. I'm talking about the '70s and the '60s movies that that uh, won't get the same love and care that they will once they're streaming. Uh, they may not even get remastered at all. I've seen some, re- I've seen some, uh, I've seen some streaming movies recently that are, you can tell they're, they're just VHS. That's all they are. Uh, one of which 
was uh, Sorority House Massacre, which is a Roger Corman production, uh, and that's it's a it's a horrible slasher movie, but I sure enjoyed it. But supposedly now, not supposedly, it it actually it did just get a uh, Blu-ray release. But uh, now one of the things that these companies are doing is they're because there's not as much money involved in these is they're doing extremely limited runs of these movies. So, for example, Sorority House Massacre, that got a 1,000-unit run. Uh, so once 1,000 units are sold, it's sold out for good. And, uh, and and a lot of these are a little bit harder to obtain. So uh, you can't just hop on Amazon and buy it. You have to go directly to the uh, the person's website or the, the, the company's website and purchase it there. Code Red Media is doing that. Uh, so that's where I got... Uh, Romano Scavolini's Nightmare, and they are charging a premium for these movies. I mean, we're talking 25 30 to 35 bucks, but uh, it's such limited runs that, uh, and there is a market for these things. There is a market for these movies, trust me. Uh, I have a feeling that these movies are going to be worth a lot of money sometime. Uh, once these things are no longer available on Blu-ray, and the, uh, the quality of the streaming is not there for these movies and the collectability with the cover art and the special features, I think they're going to be worth a lot of money. So, uh, I vote if you're into this type of thing and you, uh, you have the cash, uh, I'd invest a little bit in some of these really niche type movies that are, are of a very limited run. So, okay, let's start this show. Uh, first movie I'm going to be talking about here is uh, the best one of the bunch, in my personal opinion, and that is The Final Terror. And uh, this is one that I had never watched before uh, until just recently, until I got it. It was from 1983, directed by Andrew Davis. And Andrew Davis, I'm just going to pull up his IMDb here. Um, I had heard about this movie. It was long thought to be lost uh, due to the elements of the film being in a state of disrepair. The only version that was available was on VHS, and it was a horrible, horrible, uh, shoddy-looking movie. And, okay, here's his his filmography. He did, uh, the last movie he did was 2006, was The Guardian, Uh, but he's done The Fugitive, uh, Holes, Collateral Damage, Perfect Murder, Chain Reaction, Under Siege, uh, Above the Law, Code of Silence, those are pretty big, big movies. I mean, even Code of Silence. I mean, that was a Chuck Norris movie, but that still rocked. Uh, but uh, he also did a movie called The Final Terror, and this is a backwoods uh, hillbilly horror type thing. A little bit more suspense than horror. Uh, this is a complete and total 100% gem in the rough. I loved this movie. Uh, you don't have to be a slasher fan to enjoy this movie. In fact, there's very little actual violence in the movie. It's more of a survival movie. Uh, kind of deliverance-ish, uh, but a little bit more slasher. Uh, I'm going to read the back of the cover here. A group of young campers out for what they hope will be a fun-filled weekend find their plans spoiled by a disguised merciless killer who stalks the forest in search of new victims. Soon they are caught in a terrifying web of bloodshed and murder. It's up to the remaining few to defend themselves and put an end to the terror-filled weekend. Uh, the cast includes Rachel Ward. She was in The Thornbirds. Daryl Hannah of Kill Bill and Blade Runner. Um, Adrian's, Adrian's Med of Bachelor Party. Mark Metcalf, who was in Zero Dark Thirty. Lewis Smith was in Django Unchained. And... Uh, uh, Joe Pantoleone, uh, Pantoleone, I'm guessing I'm butchering his name, sorry. Uh, Matrix, the fugitive, you know him. If you see him, you know him. He's very recognizable. Um, so I'll tell you what, this is a really, really good movie. It was shot well. 
the special features are very interesting on this to know what went into making this movie and the fact that it was so little seen. But if you're a fan of the movie Deliverance, uh, I cannot imagine you would not like this movie. Even though the budget is very low, it's only 82 minutes long, so it's a, a breeze to, to get through. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that you're going to really get you're going to really enjoy this movie. It just, it got everything right. And that's what's good about knowing that it was, it was, uh, it was made by a very competent director. He went on to do some big movies. So I highly recommend the final terror. Um, I've only watched it once, so it's not ingrained in my memory and it's been about a half a year since I watched it. But it's got the the cover so awesome, and it actually, actually the cover remi- I remember the cover on VHS. So I remember back in the VHS days, walking through the video store, and I remember seeing the Final Terror because these old slasher movies were just lining the walls at the local VHS video rental store. And I do remember seeing this cover, and it looks so cool, and it's um, it it always intrigued me. And I you know DVD came along, and uh, you know never never was released on DVD and I from what I hear well from the the special features on the Blu-ray here the uh they had to Screen Factory really had to do a lot of work to get all of the film elements together to actually make a complete a complete movie that what the director had intended cuz there was this thing had been chopped up and uh it was just it was hard to get the stuff together so watching it the whole way through the uh the color grading changes on this movie because it comes from different sources but to see it in the version that the director intended for the first time ever uh, just back in 1983 is very very impressive i mean this is a 31 year old movie almost 32 years old and it still holds up very very well if you're a fan of of slasher movies and especially survival horror type stuff you're probably going to like this movie i would be surprised if you didn't and if you didn't if you don't like it it's only 83 minutes long or 82 minutes long it breezes by fairly fairly quickly so big thumbs up on that one it is a gem in the rough in my opinion and one that one that i do suggest uh, that you seek out in fact i on uh, the imdb page there is a link that you can rent it on um, on Amazon, and you can actually rent the the HD version for three ninety nine. Now I'm not sure what the uh, quality of that would be, because uh, sometimes in HD they take a very poor source and just blow it up to HD. So that could be the Scream Factory remaster, or that might be the old shoddy version that they just uh, upped the resolution so it's going to be crappy looking, but just in higher resolution. So I'm not sure. But at the very least, it is available. You can watch the movie if you want to, and I do recommend you you do check it out because it was a fun movie. Uh, okay, next up. So that takes care of the final tear, and it, it, uh, it goes all downhill from here, but trust me, there's something about all these movies that I just, I really, really like and uh, I can appreciate. And again, if you're listening to this show, then you know I love me some slasher movies and especially the uh, the soft underbelly of the slasher movie. And that's what these pretty much are, especially from here on out. These are underbelly slasher movies. Uh, the Final Terror, I would say, would have been about the most mainstream of the bunch. I could have seen that being played in theaters back in 83 uh, so this other one though, next one is, this is going to be a precursor to things to come in, in, uh, in the next couple weeks with regards to holiday themed 
uh, slasher movies or horror movies in general. And we're actually going to be covering uh, some of the same movies over on my uh, my other show that I co-host with Eric Marner, Movie Freaks, on YouTube. Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of holiday-themed episodes, and we're talking about a lot, a lot of holiday-themed movies. And so some of these are going to be, there's going to be a trickle-over effect that is going to be on that show as well. However, I do want to spend uh, some time on these movies myself and just discuss the movies and uh, let you all know why I like them so much. So the next one is called To All a Good Night. And this movie, I watched, this is another one that I watched for the first time. In fact, uh, all of these movies I've only watched one time on Blu-ray recently. So they're all very recent releases. So To All a Good Night is from 1980. And this one here is proof positive that just because you're an actor doesn't necessarily mean you should be a director. But uh, God bless David Hess for trying. David Hess uh, is a... uh, is is a, a very well, was he passed away in 2011 a very good actor in his in his time he was in uh he was in Swamp Thing uh with uh Adrian Barbeau uh he was in House uh, on the Edge of the Park he was in the original Last House on the Left he was the main villain in Last House on the Left uh, he was actually he played Krug the main villain in Last House Wes Craven's Last House on the Left and uh his character actually actually spawned uh, Freddy Krueger in 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street, directed by Wes Craven. So he got, he got, uh, he took the character Krueger and made him into Freddy Krueger. So, but anyway, David Hess has been in a lot of stuff. Uh, he's actually sang. He's he's a singer. Uh, so I'll give the guy credit on one thing. He has a very extensive acting l- list, and I like the fact that he, <coughs> excuse me, he's an artist, and I like the fact that he he goes with it as far as uh, being an artist, being dabbling in music, dabbling in movies, uh, acting, directing—that's that's great. So uh, anyway, he directed this movie, uh, but I got to tell you, it's not well directed. But I'll, you know, if you enjoy this type of movie, this is about as soft underbelly as you can get right here. Budget was seventy thousand dollars, and for nineteen eighty. A budget of $70,000 is nothing if you're shooting on film, and that's what you were shooting on back then. In 1980, you had pretty much one choice, and that was film. Uh, This movie uh, has long since been, I don't want to say thought lost. Uh, It it had a a VHS release, and I think it had a a DVD release, but the DVD was basically, it was porting over the, the VHS copy onto DVD. So I never saw that version. However, uh, upon doing some research on To All A Good Night, I found that that version was nearly unwatchable. It was so washed out that you could hardly see what was going on through almost the entire movie. And the sound was equally terrible. So because of that, uh, you know, it's one of those almost unseen slasher movies because you could barely see what was going on. So... Uh, along comes Scorpion releasing, and it's great to see this type of movie being released. Uh, and and the fact that a company is taking the time to remaster something like this, because this thing here is just bizarre and very, um, very cheesy, and that's putting it mildly, and that's what makes it so good. Uh, 
this movie is hilarious. If you like your your slasher movies cheesy, you got to see this movie. It is hilarious. Not even in the slightest bit scary. In fact, it's so bizarre. It's almost like everyone was on drugs making the movie, and that's I'm talking about behind the camera. The acting is so completely inept. Um, it, it's you're, you're like, what? Why are these people saying this type of thing? Uh, movie was shot in in ten days, so not even two weeks. Uh, Jennifer Runyon was one of the stars of the movie, and her biggest credit was she was actually in Ghostbusters. I'm pretty sure she was the girl sitting by the fountain that Bill Murray comes over to talk to her, or or maybe she ah, no 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 maybe she was uh, the psychic. She was doing the the card trick in the beginning. Regardless, she was in Ghostbusters, and you kind of recognize her. She's blonde, but uh, other than that little scene, she was also in uh, Roger Corman's Carnosaur from 1993. So big, uh, big extensive filmography there you got. Uh, but uh, you know what? The rest of the cast, I'm not even going to do an IMDb search because it's really not worth it. Um, but the music in this movie is so like hippie druggish and painfully amateurish the acting is we're talking like it seems like high school drama stage acting and it works uh for some odd reason you got to see the movie it's just so bizarre it's so out there uh i'm going to read the back of the movie here and there there is a reason why i'm talking about this movie as far as holiday horror uh, "'Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house. Santa Claus is stirring and he's not bringing gifts. Five young female boarders at the Calvin Finishing School have set their sights on a festive Christmas holiday romp. They have just drugged their house mother and smuggled her bo- their boyfriends into the house. But their fun-filled, promiscuous frolic will soon turn into a blood-soaked nightmare when a sadistic maniac dressed as Santa Claus arrives to deliver some holiday cheer. Or maybe that's fear. The insane Santa Claus starts slashing his way through the house and the gory body count begins. So you better watch out, as this Santa knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sakes. Uh, Jennifer Runyon stars in this 1980 slasher cult horror favorite, not sure about favorite, but there you go. Directed by David Hess and written and produced by Alex Rebar, The Incredible Melting Man. And if you've seen that movie, then you know what to expect with this movie. Uh, so anyway, it also has some really good uh, interviews on here. And this type of movie benefits so greatly from having uh, really good special features and interviews. and Because and, back then there really wasn't making of stuff. Especially for these little movies, I mean, I can't imagine that they're in 1980. You're going to be having behind-the-scenes footage, and so um, it it's cool to see that a movie like this is actually able to uh, to get some of the stars from the movie and able to to get it out there onto a Blu-ray. And so it's interesting to hear what they have to say about their experience making the movie and uh, all that good stuff. So. Is the movie nonsense? Yes, it is extreme 100% nonsense. But if you like slasher movies and you like them real cheesy, then do yourself a favor and watch this movie. And i got to say, this movie actually uh, has uh, a fair 
bit of uh, of kills in it, and they are pretty good for what they are. They're very fake and cheesy, but without that, this would be almost unwatchable. But with it, uh, it it makes everything so bizarro and weird that it it works on on a, on that cheesy level. So and I know I'm not I'm not selling the movie that good. Uh, but I like this type of thing, and I really enjoyed this movie. I think I gave it three out of five stars. So very, very, very soft underbelly we're talking about here. So keep that in mind when you watch the movie, that it's uh, it's it's not high art here, folks. It's, it's, it is what it is, and it works, I think. So anyway, uh, next movie is 1981's Final Exam. And this is another movie that I recall back in the day uh, seeing uh, artwork for it in the video store and thinking, yeah, that looks awesome. Uh, you see the silhouette. It, it, the cover is actually a complete ripoff of uh, Friday the 13th, I think parts uh, two or three, where basically you see the outline and then there's the of a killer holding a sharp object. And that's what this is. And he's standing in front of a, of course, where else? A college dormitory, because most of these movies seem to happen at a college dormitory. Uh, it's worth noting that this movie, uh, it is very unique in, in a couple areas, and I'll, I'll get to that, but the uh, movie was directed by Jimmy Houston, and he also directed My Best Friend is a Vampire, and uh, not much else. So there you go. Uh, it stars Joel S. Rice, who you'll remember, uh, he was uh, in the the extremely fantastic movie Love Rules from 2004, and he, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit now. Uh, no, actually, he produced that. I'm sorry. I'm oh, whoops. I'm sorry. He uh, he produced that. He's a big producer now. In fact. He is still producing to this day quite a bit, actually. His acting credits, uh, Crisis Counselor, Otherworld, and Shredder Man Rules, all TV movies. But he was Radish in the final exam. His, his name was Radish. Uh, and I'm not trying to harp on this guy. I just I picked a random name because I don't recognize anybody in this movie. So, uh, anyway. Okay, so... Uh, let's see here. The final exam. Some may pass the test. God help the rest. Ha ha. Um, at Lanier College, the semester is almost over. This is on the back of the Blu-ray here. Exam week is coming to a close when some upperclassmen play a prank by staging a phony terrorist attack. But the next moment of, and by the way, that's, uh, you gotta, you have to see that scene to believe it. It's, Yeah. But the next moment of excitement at the school won't be a prank, and it's something a lot more final than an exam. Students are falling prey to a knife-wielding maniac stalking the school, bent on making sure that, for some, school is out. Wait for it. Forever. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, uh, here we go. Let's, let's get into this nutso thing. Not very gory, and uh, other than uh, the beginning to set things up, uh, almost nothing happens until the very end of the movie. <clears throat> However, it's movies like this that uh, that the acting is so funny. It's you're watching a comedy, and you're going with it. And I, the whole way through, I'm like, oh, I got to see what happens next. Oh, I got to see what these silly actors are going to do next. 
and uh, and things do pick up dramatically towards the end to where it's like, all right, here we go. Now we're now we're getting into uh, slasher territory, but it takes a long, long, long time uh, for things to get rolling in this movie. However, I do think that uh, it's it's a worthy addition to the underbelly of slasher movies from back in the day. Movie was shot in six weeks, which is that's like huge, huge, huge Hollywood production versus to all a good night. Uh, much of the film's crew were friends and students of director Jimmy Houston, so there's that. Um, uh, let's see here. There's a, there's a, actually surprisingly there's a bunch of trivia on this movie on IMDb, which is surprising for such a little seen movie. What I really liked about this movie, though, uh, was the fact that the killer in this movie, there is no gimmick. And most of these movies, you know, To All a Good Night had a killer Santa Claus in it. And uh, the Final Terror had, it was the backwoods slasher thing. So you got the big, you know, big brute hillbillies, which is a character. Uh, the Final Exam movie is literally a dude, just some guy. There's no backstory. He's just a guy in jeans and a shirt, and he happens to be killing people, and that is it, uh, killing people on campus. And I gotta say, it makes the movie. Uh, it does definitely pull you in more towards the end when you're like, "This is just some dude. This is there's not like oh, and I'm, you know, unfortunately, this is spoiler alert here. But for a movie like this, it do, it doesn't really matter. In fact, I'm hoping that I'm selling the movie, telling you this type of thing, knowing that. It is very different in that there is no gimmick. It's just, this is a slasher movie in the purest sense. Guy just happens to want to kill bad actors at uh, some fake college. There you go. Um, couple of, there's a hazing scene in the movie. And, uh, and it's funny how when you're working on low-budget movies, and I've, I've done a couple short films where the budget was practically zero on. You just find inventive ways to get around stuff. Here, during the hazing scene, they actually, like, the guy got hazed pretty much, and uh, so it's kind of funny that some of this stuff, you just kind of roll with it, and there's not a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of stunt doubles or things like that. Um, so, one thing of note here, on the commentary... Uh, one of the stars of the movie said that that the, the director, he actually wanted to avoid a slasher movie cliche when he wrote the film, so he focused it more on the young characters and less on gore and violence. And that is true. In the movie, it's very, very focused on these characters and what they're going through, although you don't really care what they're going through. But it is kind of funny. Uh, and then at the very end, then the, the tension is ratcheted up, and it's like, okay, now we're, now we're into cheesy 80s slasher again. And... Uh, I probably am not selling this movie good. You're probably thinking I'll never watch this movie ever, ever. But I think that you should give it a chance because it is a very unique movie. And at the very least, it's good for a laugh because it's the farthest thing from scary. Um, out of the three movies that I've talked about, the other two are definitely more scary. At least To All A Good Night had a very bizarre, eerie score. And I trust me, I'm going to get into Killer Santa Claus movies. I love that type of that type of villain. I'll get more into that later, but I liked the fact that this was a killer Santa Claus. So there was some gimmicks to both of those movies that made them, that made them interesting. This one here, what makes it interesting is the fact that the killer is a dude. That's it. No, no backstory. So, uh, anyway, uh, 
there's not a whole lot else to say about the movie. If you like slasher movies on the most basic level, then Final Exam you should check out. And if you like uber, super, duper cheese, then To All a Good Night is something that you should check out, it, especially just for the total bizarreness of the music and the weird stage play-type acting that's on display. It's so weird. Um, and then for from a technical aspect, if you want a little bit more mainstream and a little bit better made, I would say go with Final Terror. All three are very enjoyable. Uh, in fact, all three would make a fantastic triple feature if you're wanting to dive into a whole bunch of cool slasher movies one night. I was going to get into a fourth slasher movie just because I wasn't sure if I would have enough stuff to blab about, but obviously I did because I'm running out of time. So I'm going to save that last one for another episode because there's going to be plenty more slasher-specific episodes heading your way. So I hope you're ready, and I hope that you're wanting to hear them. And if not, I guess turn this thing off or listen to it and support me, please. Uh, Anyway, that's going to do it for my show today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that you give one of these movies a chance. I hope that you give all of these movies a chance. I hope you give all the episodes that I've... uh, the movies I've talked about on previous episodes a chance because that's what I'm talking about. I'm to bring them to your attention and to hopefully turn you on to something that you may not have thought was good or may not have even heard of and just want to give a shot at. It might be good. You might like it. So anyway, you can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any questions, movies you want me to watch, uh, things you'd like me to discuss, all that good stuff. And um, you can also catch me over on Movie Freaks. And like I said earlier in this episode, tonight we're going to be doing a big taping and we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to actually start our holiday our holiday uh, movie chat. So stay tuned for that. That's coming on uh, YouTube <clears throat> later this week. And then, of course, our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks. Uh, they're talking about all things new release, and um, I always like to listen to them, and I like to be on their show, and I like when they're on my show. And we're just this big community of movie geeks that love talking about movies, and so it's it's nice to know that there's other people out there like me. So anyway... I'm Eugene Weaver. Again, I appreciate you listening to the show. Tune in next time because you never know where I'm going. So anyway, until next time, thank you. Bye. Bye.